bring in Michael Zaremski, the director of Futures at Charles Schwab, because, well, Michael, one of those things that's on the minds of traders as we hold these all-time highs is the U.S. dollar. Uh, we were just talking with Fiona about how it hasn't really provided a headwind for products like gold at this point. Oftentimes, a strong U.S. dollar is seen as a headwind for the indices. But, well, while they've slowed the momentum to the upside, nothing to really derail that trend environment as of yet. It certainly doesn't seem to be, as you, as you said there, uh, Ben. I mean, gold prices are at, what, a multi-month highs here as well, too. And overall, the commodity markets here have been a, a slow, steady climb. Obviously, we've not seen quite the rapid increases that we've seen earlier in the year and in the late 2020 here. Things are kind of seems like, you know, plateaued a lot of situations. But if you look at even the dollar strength, though, I mean, let's look at the dollar index, for instance. And what it's made up of and it's really it's the really two currencies here that i think are really kind of dr actually adding more impetus to the index itself there and that's the euro and the yen and those are the two uh central banks and economies where we don't see quite the inflationary presses like we see in other parts of the world as well as more dovish central banks so i think in a sense here it's really the, the weight of those two currencies here that i think is maybe escalating the value of the dollar here and if it was like a total dollar domination against let's say the canadian dollar against the australian dollar against the british pound which are not quite as weak as you're seeing in the yen and the euro then i think you'd see a little more headwinds in the commodity markets you know uh, a couple good points that i want to unpack some of that i think a lot of what we're seeing in terms of dollar strength is tied to this japanese yen into uh well the lowest levels of that we've seen uh, in months here. Japanese yen, we're talking a, uh, well, it's actually a multi-year low, a fresh four-year low. Um, I want to point out the emerging market currency, the JP Morgan Emerging Market Currency Index, they were down 1% yesterday, largest decline since February. Here's the Japanese yen, as Michael mentioned. And just a quick look at the daily time frame. You can see the breakout here. Uh, and, uh, well, the weekly, Again, uh, you can see some of the selling there, but let's just get back into this daily real quick. And I want to point out, Michael, it's, as you mentioned, the euro currency. Also, uh, that weakness in the euro and the yen gives a little bit of a lift to the dollar. Here's just a quick look at both of these, the, the trend environment we've been seeing to the downside on the daily time frame. And I'll get a more uh, a longer term chart here in a second so we can go back and see uh, where we are historically right now in terms of the yen. But Michael, a big part of this, I mean, we've heard some Christine Lagarde over the last couple of days and some very dovish comments. Exactly right. And I think that's what's being reflected here in the markets there as well, too. I mean, I don't see the, you know, the ECB or the Bank of Japan mm -hmm. looking to raise rates anytime soon here, even with, you know, elevated inflation. Like I said, they're not seeing quite the rate of inflation like we're seeing in the U.S. and some other economies as well, too. And I said that trend, it just seems to continue. And I think those comments there really kind of emphasize uh, that belief in the market here. So, and going back to how the dollar and commodities i mean even at a level of say 96 on the dollar index here that's not really an extreme level we start to see the dollar index go above 100 and some of that spikes like we've seen during the coronavirus uh, came out there in uh, early 2020 where we saw those spikes to 104. that was the kind of movement a quick movement like that there that could really kind of spark a downward movement in commodity prices and right now we're just not seeing that's really been kind of a slow steady climb like i said on the back of weakening euro and yen.
You know, I want to pull up a couple charts here again just to sort of provide some visuals. The dollar, the move off of the uh, spike high that you were just speaking to, the pandemic highs up around 104. Bit of a trend environment to the downside. This most recent move, if higher, here's a weekly chart. We're talking four weeks in a row to the upside, Michael. So this is attracting some attention, to say the least. You can see why. We're talking, again, a breakout here, counter-trend breakout. And look, down only two weeks out of the last, it looks like, 15. I mean, we're talking since the beginning of September, down only two weeks. Now, quickly, Michael mentioned the yen. I mentioned the four-year low. You can see where we stand here, back to levels we haven't seen since February of 2017. Keep an eye on this. Below uh, that uh, 8,400 level, we'd be talking levels we haven't seen since uh, 2016, the beginning of. Here's a quick look at the euro currency and the pullback again. Uh, they've been taking it on the chin here, up only three weeks since the 6th of uh, September. And you can see again recently this week back to levels we haven't seen since July of 2020. Michael, I like your reminder here in terms of these foreign currencies and making up the basket of currencies that ultimately we use to determine the uh, level of the dollar index. And we talk about these being the tail that wags the dog. Aside from that correlation, though, I want to dive into some of the correlations with uh, commodities here because, again, I kind of brought you in talking about how it hasn't really provided a headwind for gold, but at a certain point, eventually, you'd expect the dollar to, well, uh, create a little bit of a headwind for the indices, especially some of those multinational, big, uh, large-cap stocks. I mean, it certainly could, especially if the uh, rate starts to increase as well. Like, yeah. like you said, Ben, there's, well, the multinationals there as well, too, when they sell you know, overseas, it's done in that currency. When they have to convert it back to dollars there, they get less of the dollars back as well, too. So that would definitely be some headwinds on the earnings for those uh, multinationals uh, here. But I don't think we're at those levels mm -hmm. yet, Ben. Like I said here, as, really, as long as we stay, I said, below 100 here, you know, I, I think we're, we're still fine. Because I said, I mean, there's still good global demand overall, as we said, even though we're having a little bit of uh, headwinds here with the uh, coronavirus cases here in the Northern Hemisphere a little bit here as well, too, we're still on that reopening trade as well. And that's still being reflected in some of these moves in the commodity markets. And I think that's also a good point there is why we're seeing some of the commodity markets maybe perform better than you would expect in a rising dollar environment. And a lot of that goes to the fundamentals for the commodities themselves. So you look at a market, let's say like, wheat uh wheat is a global commodity and usually a higher dollar there would actually hurt u.s exports of wheat here however we've had um some production issues as well we have good demand here as well so as those markets are that kind of bucking that headwinds of a stronger dollar but if you have other commodity markets that aren't quite as affected or in, more in a surplus situation there you're not going to so you're going to see more of that correlation between a stronger dollar and the weakening prices. Definitely uh, a good reminder there in terms of what we've seen as far as wheat. And ultimately, as you mentioned, this is all tied back to rates, the inflation discussion. If we could just pull this chart. One thing that we really haven't seen in the last couple of years has been rates directly tied to, or the dollar, I should say, directly tied to the moving rates. You can see how at times just uh, almost an inverse correlation here. I mean, we saw right. rates falling, the dollar spiking. One thing I want to get your thoughts on here, that seems to be playing out a little bit of a shift here now is both dollar and rates firming up some. It'll be interesting to watch if rates take out, well, the 10-year in this case we're looking at in the candles, if they take out 1.75, 1.8, what the dollar will do in reaction to and some of the other foreign currencies as mentioned here. But you know, the other thing that I keep thinking about, Michael, is with the indices at all-time highs, while the VIX hasn't necessarily been a reflection of, maybe investors are buying a little bit of gold, a little bit of dollar in terms of insurance, because these are oftentimes those safe haven products. That could explain some of the bid activity we're seeing as well. 
You know what? I think you bring up a great point with that, Ben. And I agree 100% as well, too. And I think that is maybe part of a little bit of the reason why like I said the dollar is also yeah. rolling while we're seeing increased rates and also seeing the gold market start to increase. I mean, it, obviously, with gold, it took a little while for them to wake up to that inflationary pressures there. But it does kind of make sense here as well, too, especially with, like I said, rising uh, equity prices here. And you know, there's some concern there. Maybe we'll have a little bit of a pullback here. And, you know, those are two investments, like I said, the dollar and gold there that could benefit there if we do see, uh, like I said, a little bit of a pullback there in the equity markets. And I think you're right. You may be seeing some investor interest as a little bit of a hedge there in case we do see that little correction here in equities. We're looking at the British pound right now. And, uh, well, the reason I bring this currency into discussion at this point is because, uh, well, they're firming up here a little bit, a quarter percent higher here today because, uh, the strong CPI numbers that we talked about at the top of the show with Fiona related to and ultimately tied to the energy crisis, the crunch they're feeling. But this could tip the scales here now in terms of the Bank of England. And that's probably going to be the next major focal point in terms of December and where they stand. Because if you remember, Michael, there were some expectations that they would maybe cut rates into this most recent meeting. They disappointed the bulls. And while the currency came off back down below 134 recently, Michael, let's get a couple takeaways in here because uh, the dollar on the rise is attracting some attention, but probably not most heavily traded product. But the reason we're talking about it, again, the ripple effect, and it impacts us as traders, as investors, ultimately, again, talking about those multinational companies and uh, the ability for them to have that buying power or lack thereof as the dollars on the rise. I mean, and ultimately, we're talking about how it's a re reflection of some of the inflation concerns and inflation data that we've been seeing. Certainly, CPI gave it a bit of a lift. Absolutely right there. I think, like I said, inflation is going to be, you know, front and center for investment minds. And like I said, as long as the dollar does a slow and steady rise, I don't think it's really going to be a major headwind there for equities. It's when you start to see those spikes. Mm -hmm. so if, if I wasn't a trader investor, even if I didn't trade products like the dollar index, just keep an eye on that chart there. If you, you see a lot more volatility, you see a lot more spikes either up and down there. That can cause a little bit of a ripples through other markets as well, equities, commodities as well, too. And uh, that's when you may be starting concern. But you know, slow and steady movements here, I, I don't think really brings much fear into the market. You know, and that's why I wanted to zoom out here and look at this bigger picture, because we are kind of in a bit of a slow and steady movement, actually just recently coming off a key low. I think it was Phil Striebel from Blue Line. We had him on yesterday. Michael, and he was talking about how, well, this, we're basically right back into the middle of the range that we've been in over the last 20 some odd years, all the way down to 71 from 121, and just kind of working our way back into slowly working our way higher and back into the middle of that range. So yeah, Michael, this may not disrupt as much as uh, one would expect it to, but certainly something for us to keep an eye on. Always a pleasure, Michael. Thanks for joining us and giving us part of your Wednesday morning to talk dollar strength, the ripple effect that it has, or in this case, lack thereof at this point.